0: If you haven't noticed, it looks a little different today. James and Graham, no, oh my goodness. James and Dylan both decided that they are a little too good for me today and just left. Didn't give me a reason. They're like, nope, we're going on. No, I'm kidding. They both have real jobs and real lives too. So I have two even better people that are probably going to replace them in the long term. But you have one um, very similar face. Um, We have Sam Han, Just Casual 9, on the podcast. Again, he was with us a couple weeks ago. He's been a great help for the podcast as a whole. And then we have Robert. I have said his name so many times these last couple of weeks because he is the CEO, correct, of the Game House? I don't want to yeah. say it wrong. I know you're way up there. want to get the role <laughs> right. But he is the one that brought us onto the podcast. He is the one that we are stri- streaming on this Twitch channel. He is that man. So I think, Sam, I'll mm-hmm. give you your 30 seconds to pitch you, anything you got going on. Right, I always love giving our guests, like, <laughs> What's going on in your life right now? We know you just moved to LA. Are you working on any projects? Pitch your Twitter. What do you got for the fans?
1: Yeah, unlike uh, the other guys that aren't here today, I guess I don't have a real job or something. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> no, I just moved to LA to kind of pursue esports a little more seriously, or a lot more seriously. And uh, I don't really have much to pitch right now. I'm just like doing stuff, trying to grind. If you guys have, if you anyone knows there's a job for me like I'm down contact me DM me but like yeah I'm working on some things they're kind of in the uh flux state or like experimental phase so I'm not gonna really advertise anything but just like check out my twitter just casual nine and Can follow my random ramblings and journey and uh, my weird thoughts about esports.
0: Yeah. And yeah, thank you again for kind of doing this. It was very last minute that I asked Sam to come on the podcast. So thank you very much for kind of Of being willing to help with that. And then, Robert, a lot of people watching this channel probably going to know who you are already. But for anyone that doesn't know, tell us a little bit about yourself. This is your first time. Why did I invite some random guy onto this podcast to be with us?
2: That's the best question. I mean, I'm about as random as it gets. I'm the guy behind the scenes doing uh, as many things for the GameHouse community as I can. Um, as Andrew said, you know, I'm uh, president CEO of the GameHouse. Um, I get to I get to do all the fun stuff, um, which is slightly joking, slightly not. Uh, I get to do <laughs> things like this, where I get to hang out with people and uh, you know go to events like NALCS, and then I get to do all the not so fun things like. Look at numbers and run budget sheets and all that great <laughs> stuff. So um, What would yeah, if you had no, to pick
0: like an esport or two, I know Sam's big league guy. How about you? I mean what if what is what do you follow the most for esports?
2: <sighs> all right. I've recently really started following PUBG um, because uh, we've got friends with the Pittsburgh Knights, Rob Lee over there. Um, I, I started picking that up. Um, I'm most well-versed though in, uh, League of Legends and in Overwatch.
0: Oh, great. So James is usually our Residential League guy. I kind of know what I'm talking about, but Worlds is today. And I think that's a really good transition kind of going into our first topic. I have a couple of talking points, a couple of stories, but Worlds started last night at what? 3 a.m., something like that for me. I know (laughs) you stayed up to watch some. Sam, you stayed up and watched them. I've been Mm -hmm. catching reruns. What do you think about day one? So anything standing out? I mean, we'll move into a couple talking points later, but just initial impressions so far. What do you think?
1: Um, for me, this is what I love about playing stages because this gives NA false hope that we are going to be really good. <laughs> we're like, wow, we're stomping through all these teams. This is great. We have a chance at Worlds just to get completely demoralized as we go 0-10 the second week of group stages and lose all chances even when uh, the world tries to help us out. But uh, it was interesting because first game that Cloud9 played was super hype. They they did really well, they dominated. The second game against uh, Japan's squad, which Japan is like a super new region, they had a lot of trouble. And it's Cloud9 with three rookies, by the way, which is absolutely amazing. And the three rookies are doing like a lot of the initiating and really having a lot of control over the game, which is awesome. But that was a scary game. It was a really exciting game, <laughs> scary game, and I can't even actually blame Cloud9 for being bad or anything. Japan actually showed up and was like looked really good, which was very surprising. But um yeah, my ego of NA and this false hope is not so grand this time, which worries me a little bit. But it's been exciting. Yeah.
0: How about you Robert? What do you think?
1: I mean,
2: it was uh it was interesting. I've uh The last time they were in Korea, I just stayed up to watch it. This time, I went to bed early. I was like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to watch this. I got up. I hated myself for it. My tea wasn't (laughs) made yet, and I didn't have time to do it. So I watched the first Cloud9 game. It was awesome. I watched Gambit uh, look just horrific. Um, And uh, then I went to bed for two games, watched the the Cloud9 (laughs) game, and then started working. Started my normal work day. So... Um, You know, I will say I I love um, the new arena in Seoul that the LCK is going to have. That was probably my biggest takeaway is, you know, the fact that people are talking about building arenas and all these different places, right? You know, this is such a huge step uh, for, I think, a a lot of different esports right now, and specifically for Riot, because, uh, you know, they've done the franchising thing. They haven't decided if they're going to. Uh, do geolocations or not? But having this new arena for the LCK, I think, just is speaking volumes. I know it's bigger than the one um, in Los Angeles, and I think it's bigger than the one in Berlin as well. So, you know, really, really cool to see that. And then, I guess, just takeaways from the games themselves were um, it, it's clearly Japan is way better than I expected them. To be. <laughs> I really thought they were going to be the worst one in that. Um, in that group and uh that is definitely not the case
0: yeah and i guess like i like a lot of you know i don't really follow league super close i did for whatever reason i bought one of the league uh crewnecks i just arrived nice. it arrived on a saturday so i was so happy so i gotta wear that today <laughs> for the opening day but um i didn't really know what to expect going into these games i set an alarm for 3 a.m pretending that i was gonna get up second that alarm <laughs> went off i threw my phone across the room i'm like nope i'm not not doing it so i slept in and started watching some of the replays going on and i mean yeah i mean i'm like wow na looks really good cloud nine looks amazing like why does why is the na lull like all the time going on but then i realized this is in, and that this is not anything real like that is how out of it i've been for worlds i was very excited to start watching week i started playing again finally but I didn't realize how little this really means in the big scheme of things until after the first C9 game, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Actually, I, I was excited. I was just happy to be back watching League. I, I'm yeah. I'm very excited for Worlds. It's all I can really mm-hmm. say about this is that day one, there's some really good games. Um, uh, I can't think of uh, – who did Gambit play their first game? G-Rex. G-Rex looks really, really well. And then Kaboom mm-hmm. looked really bad, but in their second game – they had that. I mean, they just fell apart in the second half. Again, I can't think of what the other team was, but they had a huge comeback there. And I just, it showed me everything that I love in league. I saw really good plays. I saw comebacks. I I saw some just outplays. I don't know. I don't have much to say on this topic, but I'm ready for worlds. I'm ready for the next month being dedicated to League of Legends. Now that Overwatch is done.
2: Outside of the time stuff, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah,
0: that is true. And yeah, I forgot. I'm like, oh, I should wake up for this at three. I mean, I'm like, oh, I'm an esports guy. Like, that's. I I just feel like I have to. But then I'm like, I'm not a morning person, though. So I'm not even going to pretend that I want to try to do that.
1: But Andrew, you don't need to wake up early. Just just go to Reddit, see which game is exciting. And then just watch that one. See, I, think I don't that, like because...
0: that though. I feel like like it's not the same experience. Like even when I saw like yeah, because you get to sleep. Nine Win. You get to sleep. <laughs> I saw your like C nine win tweet. I'm like, oh, well, I know C nine did well today. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that doesn't make me excited. But I, I'm not a big spoilers guy. But no, I'm I'm not gonna wake up early. I'm not gonna pretend anymore. So I'm just going to do that. But kind of going into actual a little bit more discussions. I'm just kind of the things that. Something I said earlier on, especially when we talked a lot about the Overwatch League, is the Twitch rewards that Overwatch League started doing. I loved that idea. I love that the more you watch, you actually get rewarded for it. And mm-hmm. League of Legends finally implemented that this year. I think it's the one problem I kind of have with it. So I guess a little bit more information about it is pretty much if you just go on to the official lolesports.com, watch. The YouTube or the Twitch streams through that website, you unlock in-game, you finish in-game challenges, unlock world tokens for Blue Essence, for icons, for whatever you really want. There's a whole list of different things. I guess the one thing that I thought was weird, and I don't know if you guys are think this is off or something that I didn't like as much, is you had a watch on the official website in order to complete the challenges. So you couldn't, like, connect it to Twitch or anything kind of like that or your YouTube channel? It had to be on the LOL and you had to use kind of their display, even though it was on Twitch. Like, do you guys think that's as big of a deal as I'm making it? Or is it just whatever? It's just a different place for you to watch it?
2: I mean, I, compared to what the Overwatch League does, I do think it's an interesting tactic. I mean, you know, Riot has always been a company that's very much about what they like right? What they think is best. Like they'll take other things from other people and, and, and try to put their own spin on it. Um, and you know, I guess if they're trying to go for, you know, viewership on their site or something like that, um, or on their, you know, particular stream, I know that it's still a mirror. I'm pretty sure from Twitch anyways, Yeah, but so it's like, I mean, again, it's not a huge deal. It is kind of annoying. I actually forgot because I watched the whole game on Twitch. So I was like, I, I you say, like, when you brought this up to me, um, when you sent me the outline, I was like, damn it. I totally watched <laughs> the entire thing. Like, I just Which is forgot. a problem. I'm like, so. yes, is it
0: in the world because you just watch the games tomorrow and get the challenge? Because yep. it's like once a week you can complete this watching challenge. But still, I just don't see why there couldn't be some way that you can't connect your ride account to Twitch. Just like you can connect a blizzard account to twitch and just have it all done through there i mean sam do you i mean am i i'm not crazy here right last time i asked this question you said i was tell me this time (laughs) i'm not that crazy
1: (laughs) no i think it's weird i don't get what riot's trying to do with this like like you when you first brought this topic up you said finally riot is doing something like yes this is long like even looking at it there's nothing special about it it's like simple rewards you just watch the game There's nothing complicated about this. Why did it take so long? But then now I'm looking at it. I'm like, why do I have to watch it on the Riot page? Like, what is this doing? Is this bringing more people to the website, which will make more people play the game or get more interested or buy? I don't see the purpose of bringing it to the website. Yeah, that's the thing. Why not do that connection?
0: It's a totally different website. Like, it's not even on, like, the official League of Legends website. It's LL Esports. I don't see any clear links to merch. No clear links to download. You can log into your account up in the top right corner. And then everything is based around worlds. There is nothing about anything else outside of that. So if you're not Mm -hmm. like a hardcore player, there's nothing on these things or hardcore watcher on any of these pages that help you in any way. So I guess it's better than being on Twitch because sure, I guess you could click off and watch something else maybe is what they're thinking. Like, oh, they might get distracted or viewership numbers might drop. But I just, if they're going to do this, they need to make it bigger and better. Like, why isn't there a link to merch? Why can't I just buy merch right away? Well,
2: I will say there's a couple things. So their view numbers were pretty solid for it being, again, four in the morning. I I saw something of like 700,000, which is really good. I mean, in all honesty, that still shows how important and how big of a player League of Legends is. Everybody who says it's a dying game literally just stop you're <laughs> moronic just
1: because we're an na <laughs> yeah. we want to yeah, pretend yeah, it's like, a dying it, game so we're uh, not embarrassed even anymore in NA.
2: even in na it's not that bad i guess that's a topic mm-hmm. for another day maybe i should put that on the list i don't know either way um the other thing is is that as i was saying before you know riot likes to do things their own way and originally if you remember way back when i actually think travis was the one who broke this if i remember correctly about how they were doing this deal with the company that does MLB StatCast originally, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so they were going to make this whole brand new platform for uh, League of Legends, right? It was going to, like, have everything you could ever want on it. It was just going to be, like, the absolute most amazing experience for fans of esports. Well, when that deal completely fell through and, you know, there's just – they they haven't done anything, you know. They they kind of did the thing on Disney um, Plus or not Disney Plus, excuse me, ESPN Plus, ESPN plus yeah. which, um, you know, that's freaking stupid too. Because yeah, why would you pay five dollars to watch League of Legends on, you know, ESPN when it's already
0: plus? free for you watch to watch it. everywhere else?
2: Yeah, exactly. So you know, there's, you know, Riot Riot is I think struggling a little bit right now because you know, um, I don't want to say I, I don't know how to put this other than it, it's almost like inbreeding as weird as it sounds like they've literally just continuously used their own ideas they haven't looked at outside help until very very recently and you know they are making decisions that were really cool five years ago right this would have been awesome five years ago but the overwatch league already did it so you either needed to make it as good or better better than what they did and they clearly did not do that with this so I mean, it's not its not a colossal failure because it is something that's really cool for the community, but at the same time, you made it worse than what's already available in the Overwatch League and you're already losing to the Overwatch League in a lot of different areas. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have to see, you know, maybe halfway through. They've got a freaking month with this thing, so maybe eventually they'll change it and be like, okay, we're going to call Twitch up and get this changed, but we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, who knows? But... Um, Yeah, is there any last things either one of you kind of want to touch up on on the first kind of day of Worlds or anything else on League of Legends related right now you want to touch on before we kind of jump on the next topic?
1: I'm just excited. I'm so excited that this is happening because I haven't been watching much League. So watching this, getting hyped about it, seeing the champion diversity and the picks right now, Mm -hmm. which is always exciting at the beginning of Worlds. Yeah. I'm really hyped about it, and I can't believe I stayed up until 4 in the morning when I had to get up early today. To watch this
2: yeah i mean it just shows what worlds is about right i mean it really does bring that hype back especially if your team you know had a rough season or something like that i mean and to speak real quickly on the champion picks you know the the darius the um uh, the zigs man like oh my god <laughs> i that is just hype so absolutely yeah.
0: awesome well just kind of moving on to the next one i'm sure we'll bring league back up at some point actually we kind of all will in this next topic a little bit but so Real Madrid is redoing their entire stadium. Um, and it is going to be a $617 million renovation. And really that doesn't mean much. They're upgrading some of the facilities and all that kind of stuff. But inside of the stadium, they're now adding an esports arena. Currently, there is really nothing established for there. They haven't announced any teams. They haven't announced any partnership. They really haven't said too much about what's going on, except obviously FIFA will probably be played in a soccer stadium, but outside of that, it's just kind of a cool statement um, that they're kind of making. I mean, we've seen the last couple of weeks. I don't know if you guys saw, but the one uh, soccer team had the fans that were throwing controllers and booing and all that kind of stuff when that team announced that they are bringing eSports to the field. So i just love to see that despite all of that, these soccer teams don't really seem to care. They want to keep pushing forward because they know what eSports is going to be. But what I think this means is that they are going to probably have the London Spitfire play there because the London Spitfire have been in talks with a couple of different teams recently about being hosting there either here or the Spurs. So the Spurs were earlier, and there's no advancement on that for when the Overwatch League eventually goes um, local in 2020. And what I really want is I think they're going to be one of the names backing an EU LCS spot when franchising comes around next year. I think that is pretty much all franchising is going to be from now on is huge brands like this buying teams that are already established in the scene and just supporting them back. So I think now that there's a place for them to play, train, and a big money team that is interested in supporting them, I think that's going to go on. I saw you shaking your head a little bit, Robert, when I was kind of saying I think London Spitfire. Um, but what do? You, why do you shake your head?
2: Well, they're the London Spitfire, not the Madrid Spitfire. But
0: Tottenham they're... isn't
2: in London, is it? Tottenham is in London, yeah. Oh, is it? Tottenham's it? part of the EPL League. It's part of the European Premier League which is in which is in um England. So uh the Tottenham Spurs are in England. The, oh my god, Real
0: Madrid is in Spain.
2: Yeah. What yeah am I that's thinking. why that's why I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, now I have heard I mean in this article that you linked like there was some stuff about um London, you know, going with Tottenham. So it's possible. I, I, I'll I'll put it this way. Um I think Real Madrid and Madrid itself could get an Overwatch team, yeah. Because one of the biggest problems this time around was that Paris was the only EU team, which makes zero sense. Berlin should have gotten a team. And
0: Berlin was like my number one. I was, was so certain Berlin was going to get one.
2: I made I made an expansion tier list for the cities that had the best chances, right? And I didn't have any of the three Chinese cities because nobody would have expected it. I had two other Chinese cities. I oh, had. Really? I had uh, Beijing and Hong Kong, and I'm like, okay, those are so much more likely. They're so much bigger. They're so much well known. Then you have you know Guangzhou, Huangzhou, and I forget the other one. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But then they don't need any more NA teams. I figured they don't. We'd only get two. I expected it to be um, Chicago or Toronto. I pray for get...
0: Chicago every single day.
2: Oh, I know. Me too. <laughs> and, then, and then you get you know Toronto, Washington and Atlanta, and then you get Paris. And it's like, okay, Paris is cool. That was one of the original ones announced. Okay, where's Berlin? Where's Madrid? We get Vancouver instead. Yeah, even Vancouver. I forgot about that one. James is going to be
0: mad at me. But, yeah, we did not need need four NA expansion teams, and we mm -hmm. especially didn't need two Canadian teams.
2: No, no, you needed one Canadian team. Washington,
0: D.C. made sense. Like, Dylan (sighs) Dylan has been – Dylan has convinced me, at least, because since he's been on the podcast, he's been telling me how good the Washington D.C. scene is. So I'm like, fine, I agree. G- I'll give you one. Like they're full supporting there, and they seem to be. Oh goodness, they seem to be really, really. Um, Calm like, down, su-
1: Andrew. It's okay. It's okay.
0: Supporting it there. So I don't know. I was fine with that one, but the two Canadian teams is what have really kind of bothered me because I, I well, would have, I could bet money on my, or my life that Berlin was getting a team because it just made hey, so much too. sense
2: to me. Well, and they, and well, the thing is, is Vancouver and Toronto. I'm sorry, I won't get too deep, but they were building esports arenas. So I think once they announced that, I was like, okay, like I didn't even have Vancouver on my list. And then they announced that, and I was like, oh crap, teams going to a Vancouver. So I just kind of like knew that. But like the problem I had with DC, and I had them on my list, they were a second tier for me. I, I had them coming in the next one, right? But my problem was, you've already got Philly. You've already got Boston. And you've already got yeah, New you York. You have
0: so many East Coast teams.
2: So you, yes, yeah, so you've got those teams, right? So you wanted a Southern team or a Midwestern team, you know, a Southern, Southeastern team. Yeah. Um, well, you have I guess Florida you have down Miami. there. Yeah, you have you have the Miami Orlando team, but like, I don't know. Either way, I just was, I was really disappointed in that, and you know, I can I will say I can see Madrid getting a team. Um, so it is possible. I think it's more likely, you know, with the announcement of Splice. And no big freaking surprise here that H2K did not get invited to the EU LCS no. after they you know, complained and threatened to leave it anyway. So I was like, okay, Paris Saint-Germain, like, what are you doing? Why would you go with them? Put your money behind a different horse. Um, but yeah, so with Splice not getting it, I would be really shocked if Real Madrid does not have a team in the EU LCS next split. So surprised. Yeah.
0: Sam, do
1: you have any kind of opinions on anything here? I have a question for you guys. Okay. We saw traditional sports teams backing NALCS franchising, right? Mm-hmm. And all those teams, what did they accomplish their first year? So how is that going to be any different? if We have a soccer team in Europe, a brand, an organization with lots of money. Like the money is a big part. Is that really going to affect, like, should I be cynical about this? Because we haven't seen it in the first year of NA franchising. I know it's still young. But what, what can we expect with if Real Madrid becomes a part of it? What are they going to do? Are they going to make the team better? Are they going to have a good team? Or is it going to be, you know, a clutch gaming or Golden Guardians? Or... Well,
0: I think they should do it the other way. And I think there's much better chance of this just because of how EU LCS has been and the money problems, all that kind of stuff, is that in Europe, I think they should back established teams versus making a new one. So it would be h2k by real madrid or something kind of like that like i think they should back an established team versus starting the golden guardians like i get they did that over here because i mean there there's just i just feel like the nalcs versus the EU LCS is in a much different situation mm-hmm. the nalcs at least in my eyes has always seemed much more Established and there's been less concerns and less complaints. Obviously, there's problems versus the EU. I've heard nothing but complaints for the last couple of years about money, about organization, and I just feel like these bigger, these big sports companies are going to kind of come in and support established names in there versus starting new ones, or at least mm-hmm. just pretty much buy entire rosters versus picking players that are left.
2: Well, and to. to... I I, I want to counter you, Sam, a little bit in NA because Hundred Thieves is a ama- like that is a huge success. Is that a sports team though? By, yeah, it's it's backed by uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Dan Gilbert. Oh really? So yeah, Nade shot oh, got yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan so I
0: don't think right? Nadeshot, So, so I d- I just kind of forget the Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland's he's involved. the face
2: of it. But like, yeah. and then you had Clutch Gaming finish fourth. You had Optic make a really good push this year. I just think the problem was is that. I, I think the biggest problem that NA had was that they only went with ten teams. That's where the problem was, and they didn't keep Immortals. Immortals, not I think everybody's perception would be so much different if Immortals had gotten in, because they were all like, well, you can't have a you know a team in the Overwatch League and in League of Legends, and then Optic yeah. comes in and they're like, oh, we're gonna get the Houston you know uh, Outlaws, and we're gonna have Optic Gaming in NA LCS for the first time ever. Okay. Oh, and then Cloud9's also gonna own london spitfire okay yeah i'm so especially confused. being a
0: valiant fan i'm really pissed now that like the mortal <laughs> weren't in there because like i wasn't a big league guy i just kind of follow fly, fly quest because they have some kind of distant relationship back to the midwest because the one yeah. of the bucks owners has some interest in them but i'm like i would be a hardcore immortals fan now just because of the valiant i know that's kind of backwards thinking considering yeah, they're in league first but i i just don't see why we talked about this a couple weeks ago I changed my mind a little bit. I was against this at first, but Dylan was a big advocate of like, why can't one organization have teams across a couple different? I mean, do you see downsides of someone having a team in the Overwatch League, Call of Duty League, and League? What is a downside well, of that happening?
2: It's technically creating less opportunity, but it doesn't seem it doesn't really matter. Like, one of the There's things saying, different
0: rosters, different and- yeah.
2: Well, Stan Kroenke, the, the guy who owns the L.A. Gladiators, also owns the Los Angeles Rams and the uh, Colorado Avalanche Yeah. And, and NHL. And I think he owns uh, maybe the Colorado soccer team as well. So, like, I, I don't have a problem with it. I liked The thing that I think that was important about it was it doesn't matter who owns it, but the rebranding was what was important. Yeah, because you weren't going to have the London cloud. Not ni- actually, the London cloud nines probably wouldn't be pretty good. But like, I don't know, like the Houston Optics. That's even pretty good too. I don't know. You 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 give you give, you give me something. You know, there's probably like even Hundred Thieves. I was honestly like, I hate this name. I'm oh, used I like to it, it right away. was like the it.
0: only name. I me, mean, we all hated on Golden Guardians so hard. We'd rip on them every Guardians single week. So I love Hundred Thieves.
2: That's though, like Hundred Thieves. I don't know. I we it, I don't either way. So my point <laughs> is, is that that there's a lot of there's a lot of other factors and I think with sports teams backing the most important part that we're getting in esports that I don't think we have and I even tweeted about it maybe a week ago you know esports is still the wild wild west yes. there are still major people who are not paying their players i mean that doesn't happen in traditional sports right so with the traditional sports backing what it did for me was it legitimized everything? And that's mm-hmm. why you're seeing all these investments come in. That's why you're hearing rumors that the reason that the Cox group went in in Atlanta was because Robert Kraft went down himself and was like, hey, you need to get into the Overwatch League. Like, go put in really? a bid right now. Yeah. Yeah. They oh. He's been like an ambassador, and, like, they've been using him to, like, help out, you know, convince teams uh, or people to buy teams. So um, he may have had something to do with Washington, D.C. even. So it's, you know, it's – I think it's a really good thing, and I think if Real Madrid can get into the EU LCS, I don't care who they create. They're going to pay a way better salary. They're going to establish something that's concrete, and they're going to give people the opportunity to make this a real career instead of, you know, I mean, look at what um, Schalke had to do, right? Like, they invested into esports, right? And then their team gets relegated. And then they have to stay in relegation again because then they lose again, and then they finally get back up. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, they put all that money in, and that's what scares investors away. Is when your team gets relegated, and you don't get to keep them anymore. So, uh, sorry, and it's a long-winded answer to say that it's it is much better for sports teams or just established brands in general to be involved.
0: You happy with that yeah. answer, Sam?
1: No, I actually agree. I was just I was just in- curious about. Uh... Where this tirade would go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> You're just kind of doing what I do. You just kind of poke the bear just to get us to go off topic ah, and man. just go into something else. But no, I I'm appreciate that because I try doing that as much <laughs> as possible. Because I think those long kind of on topic but off topic discussions kind of are some of the best talking points because it's more like opinions versus like facts or anything kind of like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But any last kind of touch up points on this topic before we jump on the next one? Good. So the next one isn't that long, but you might have some interest in it because you mentioned PUBG earlier. But they've kind of, I mean, there's still a PUBG Pro League coming on. That's still more information coming out this year, probably starting next year, all that kind of stuff. But PUBG is also moving on to FaceIt now. FaceIt is just a large tournament organization, um, online, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just wanted to bring this up because of one thing purely that James marked this for. So pretty much if you go through uh, the platform and keep track of your stats and sign up for the games and tournaments and all that kind of stuff, the first one to get 338 chicken dinners through the platform gets a free Fiat 100. (laughs) I don't know why it's a Fiat. I'm sure they have sponsored it. I just (laughs) think that that is such a random thing out of an incredibly random number and... I love it. I love that this is what esports is coming to. (laughs) You just get a free car if you win that. No, but I guess you're going to know more than what I kind of have any opinions on this because I don't follow PUBG much. Like, what is your kind of opinion about PUBG moving on to this next platform? We make fun of it kind of calling it a dead game here and there. But, like, do you think this is going to be a big impact on kind of growing the very competitive scene? Or do you think this is kind of whatever
2: move? I'll let Sam start since I ranted for the last one.
1: <laughs> uh, I I don't know. <laughs> you might want to yeah. take this one, Robert. <laughs> None of us are very
0: big PUBG guys over here. So I'm very well, glad you're having it here. Otherwise, I would have talked about the Fiat 100
1: and moved on. <laughs> I'm like, well, Actually, I don't know let enough. Me, let me talk about the Fiat a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it, too. I don't remember what game it was, but it was one of the uh, MLB games that came out where it's like if you throw a perfect, game, a perfect pitch, like no-hitter game, you got something i don't remember what it was like a million dollars or something but there's a yeah. ton of hype around that and unfortunately like someone got it like right away but that worked it generated so much hype so i love that people are being creative about this like they're they're thinking out of the box even though this has been done before like every creative idea is actually just stealing from one another but like i like to see this because it's generates hype it has conversations there's a reason why we're talking about it on this podcast because yeah. it's it's different right it's not like yeah, I mean that's what, like even Epic Game is approaching their esports differently than other play, other uh, game developers. So it's really cool to see something probably that might be a lot cheaper and this is probably really cheap advertising actually when it comes to like how much it costs to actually get a car. Like this is a really smart way to like one to help PUBG get some more attention after all these other things like uh the Call of Duty Black Ops what is it called Black
0: Dorito Bowl—it's blackout. blackout. The Doritos Bowl, or yeah, whatever. yeah,
1: all that stuff. Like, there's a lot of news around these uh, battle royale shooters. That PUBG is kind of everyone's scared about PUBG's future, and I don't even know what PUBG's future is going to be, but it looks—it looks bleak to me. So I'm excited to hear what Robert has to say. But yeah. this is like this is a really smart thing that's going to just drive conversation. I like that it's been done.
2: Yeah. So I was um, so uh, real quick. It was, it was MLB 2K11, I think, because okay. I got it, and <laughs> I threw a perfect game the second day, and I took a picture of it, and then as soon as I said that picture, I saw online that somebody else had done it. I was like, oh, <laughs> was so sad, um but um yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you this much, PUBG, the thing with battle royales is it's always, what's the latest thing to come out right now? there's been nothing that has been set in stone structure wise right it was h1z1 then it was pubg then it was fortnite now it's going to be blackout and then it's going to be you know whatever battlefields is ends up being called more than likely i would not be surprised if halo does it you know battle right recently came out with a battle royale mode um, there's another one on here that we actually just covered recently called rings of elysium that just recently came out i mean everybody is doing it and the one thing is PUBG has always survived and still been a top like 5 game on um on Twitch. It's carried honestly by Chinese viewership, which is why it's fallen so much in the last week is because ever since that Twitch ban. But um that it, but the game is still alive and well if I'm being honest. Like they had their international and they had like 150,000 people watching it or something like that and then they were up over 300 plus with the Chinese viewership being included. So You know, they get plenty of people. And one of the things I was on a call this week uh, or last week that was about, okay, you know, who's doing better, Fortnite or PUBG, you know, whose future looks better, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of the points that came out from people in the industry was that, you know, Fortnite's great. It's a lot of fun, but it's a terrible eSport. And that is something (laughs) that I felt for a long time. It's not a good eSport. It's really not. It's a very entertaining game anybody can get into it and it's a good game but it is not an eSport an eSport by definition is you know teams and you know competition you know there's no established sheen nobody knows who's good nobody knows what makes them all that good necessarily right it all comes down to um you know your building abilities and everything like that where there is skill involved but there's still such a a lack of, you know, understanding of where the rankings are and everything like that. Well, guess what PUBG's been doing while they're doing that? They're establishing the PUBG League.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's going to be the first battle royale to actually have a legitimate league. And I think hey what,
0: hey hey H one Z one.
1: It's not a real. League. <laughs> oh, we kind of forget sorry. about that
2: one. <laughs> that one's gone, unfortunately. H one. If you want to talk about a real dead game, that that one's a real dead. <laughs> game. Um, and you can say that to PUBG. So here's here's what why face it is good right um face it is going to increase people wanting to play it because like sam was saying there are going to be people who have been playing the other battle royale games who want a freaking fiat 100 or just a free Mm -hmm. car in general right and so what it's going to do is it's going to allow that to happen and it's going to cultivate talent for these new leagues all these people who are going to want to buy in they're going to want to know okay who's getting the most wins on face it, right? They're gonna check that stat. I can almost guarantee it. And they're gonna go try to sign the people who are good. And it's going to allow them to create this scene that while PUBG's thrown a hundred million dollars into, you know, their scene, you know, they're hoping Ninja would win, right? And some random kid goes out there and wins it. Right. And his popularity increases a lot, but he's still I I'm pretty sure he's still unsigned. You know, and I think it's because he's fielding offers. But but the 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 thing with Fortnite is is that they don't know where they're going with the game. They know that it's it's a very much a game that's about popularity. That's why they have so many changes. Um, I think there's just there's just not enough there. So, um, you know, PUBG is gonna do just fine. Face it is gonna help it quite a bit, and you're gonna see them come out really strong with the PUBG league. So. That's that's what I feel like so far. Um, and again, I've talked with Rob Lee. He's the owner of the Pittsburgh Knights, one of the best teams in the league, and he feels very confident about it as well. Not just because he has a team there, because he could easily move it to Fortnite or something else. He's got a pretty good Fortnite player, I think, as well there. So um, from what I'm hearing, it's looking good. And I didn't even know about Face it, and you know, until whenever it was announced. But um, this is a good deal for them.
0: Coming back after that, do you have any? to add there sam because yeah i guess i still don't have much to add i've never really used the face of platform or anything like that because as uh if i'm correct it's pretty much just been used for cs go heavily before this right mm-hmm. yeah and i was never but, a big cso guy, a cs go guy so like i don't have much connection to the platform i just thought it was really interesting because we do have the PUBG league coming up the fiat 100 is just a fun creative marketing platform And I was just kind of curious to what your thoughts about it, which, yeah, you gave very good ones that are probably a lot more detailed than anything I would have been able to come up with kind of short because you're invested in it. And I just feel like understanding what it's going to do for it is, yeah, I, I really do agree that it's going to be good. I mean, all these stories, I mean, nothing I really found or we talked about today is like, Good or bad. It's like all three of these things have been really good things for esports. I mean mm-hmm. esports mm-hmm. arenas going in, PUBG going on new platforms, League of Legends having really good numbers off the bat, entertaining games, like it's a good week to kind of be talking about League of Legends. And even if you see on our Twitter, um we just shared uh ad by Samsung. This is just something that kind of going off. Did each one of you guys see that? Yeah. Sam? I,
1: I'm not sure what you're referring to.
0: Um, so there is uh, an ad by Samsung that they just put up over the weekend, I believe. And what it shows is this young um, African-American girl. And that is important to kind of point out because it just goes to show diversity, but it shows her um, sitting on her bed, playing Fortnite. And then just kind of her going up and dreaming about being asked uh, sponsored by a local gaming store, then playing with Travis Scott, then like being signed to a pro league. So it's just kind of pretty much of this young girl dreaming about becoming a professional esports athlete so i just mm. think a lot of these things this week like there's nothing controversial nothing bad for once in esports it's just a lot of <laughs> cool stories a lot of these things you just, just jinxed kind of coming something's up.
1: gonna happen today
0: yeah i know we're gonna get <laughs> oh, yeah, some, something tomorrow will come up and we're like well we'll talk about that next week and i'll be taking all my words back but yeah <laughs> it was a really pretty light news week this week but everything i these good little stories and there's a couple other ones we linked to in the slack that i didn't bring up here because they're just more like feel-good stories about um esports right now which is always a great thing but i guess is there anything you guys kind of want to talk about i know we have two talking points like that but these were the three big news stories and we got about 20-ish minutes just to kind of talk i have a couple questions for you robert and um sam if we have time that i know you said you're playing the battle right esports Actually, let's take just a couple minutes to kind of talk about that. Like, what is your initial impressions of, like, Battleright Royale? Like, is it going to ever kind of live up? Because I know Dylan talked about Battleright right when it came out. He's like, I'll bet you money in a year, which is coming up pretty closely, that BattleRide is <laughs> going to be a huge esport and stuff kind of like that. And it pretty much hasn't had much growth. I mean, do you think this is going to make a difference for it? Or is it just going to be kind of another game that comes and goes?
1: So I will, I will speak on it as someone that didn't play Battle Rite much. I got like the Founders Pack and stuff, and I played like maybe three hours of it. But uh, I got Battle Royale when it came out, Battle Rite Royale. And it was fun to begin with. It was kind of cool. Um, it felt very familiar for me as someone that played a lot of League of Legends because people I keep seeing people say, oh, what is this? This looks like League of Legends. And it's cool because you get, you have spells. You have a lot of spells, actually. And a lot of abilities, a lot of things are pretty much skill shot, so you can outplay. I think there will need to be some balancing stuff. Um, it feels very w- weird, and I didn't play um, – uh, was it Paladins? They had a Battle Royale game that came out. Um, yes. and that Yeah, so uh, I, I didn't play that one. but
2: Yeah, oh, it was Realm Royale. Realm Royale. Yeah,
1: Realm Royale. Yeah, I didn't play that one, but I think it might be similar where you – you actually have to pick up abilities through your looting. Instead of looting guns, you loot your abilities, and then you can upgrade your abilities as you play through, which is a really weird concept because right off the bat, depending on what your abilities are and who you, what champions you run into, you could be at a super big disadvantage. So after watching a few uh, higher-skilled players, they drop and they like just run away if there's too many people, which is... Kind of sad because you kind of want to see people just like going at it and just like kind of a ram style in League of Legends Where people yeah. are just fighting and dodging things so I think there'll be some interesting balancing issues with that And I was watching summit summit 1g play and he was like raging so hard And I I felt I felt his pain because you'd go up to a another player You'd fight him and for some reason they're doing so much more damage than you are and it just like feels horrible But at the same time, like every now and then you get that really fun outplay and, and you just smash face and it feels really good. But I really, I think the big challenge on how successful it will be is how well they balance it because I think if they, they can balance it fairly, but then it could turn it into a very boring, stale, hold off and hide loot game. Or if they're creative and balance it correctly, there's a way to jump into things have good reasons to go crazy and fight it out right at the beginning versus like you everyone has to spread out on the map find your own place loot up and then meet in the middle at you know like 20 minutes i hope it doesn't turn into that because that's i think that's like pretty much where all battle royale games kind of eventually go to like this is the correct correct way to play it and i think battle right could make it where it's fast paced the whole way i just don't know that's the balancing team's job i don't know how to do that but that that's what's worrying me right now is the balancing, but it's pretty fun and it's a nice different way to play a game rather than from a first person shooter uh perspective.
0: Yeah. Robert, I don't have you know if watched any of it, played any of it or anything kind of like that? I, I know I haven't I played the original battle right and I enjoyed that to an extent, but still it just didn't catch me enough that it made me want to stay. I played a couple hours. I enjoyed my time and then it kind of moved on and I was kinda of, I was honestly surprised when I heard about this that the game was even still alive. And kind of kicking. So, buddy, yeah, what do you kind of have about anything on this?
2: So, I mean, I'll start with, I think Right is a really good game. Actually, I enjoy it. Um, now, I've imported a ton of hours, but I've probably got, like, close to 100 hours into okay. it. Um, and it's, it is a very solid, like, I, I think it's a pretty solid, I don't even know if it's really a MOBA, necessarily. But the way the game is played, I think it's really fun, naturally. I've not had a chance to play uh, Royale, because I think it's, is, isn't it 30 bucks, Sam? right now uh,
1: yeah i think it's 20 bucks at least it's on 20. the opening day and then people had like uh coupons if you're founders and stuff but yeah okay
2: well and so like i just was like ah, I'll, I'll wait to see like because it'll probably go free at some point i'd have to imagine but what i saw it as is kind of like what the one thing people forget about fortnite is that fortnite was a game before the battle royale yeah mode.
0: i played that i love that mm-hmm. i played that for like a whole year <laughs> before the battle royale came out
2: well, and the thing was, is that game literally was dead. Like there was no, like there was nobody who was playing that game. It was, just, it was just a
0: grind fest after the first hour.
2: That's yeah, exactly. And so I was like, okay, like, and then Fortnite became super famous, and it's like, literally, like I think this has the potential if they do it right now. I've only watched a little bit of it. I have watched a couple hours of streamers, and I think it has a lot of potential. But I've seen what Sam is talking about, where people rage because it is just so unbalanced at times and that's the thing is it's you know it is like putting league of legends in a battle royale for those of you who do watch league instead of play battle right um but battle right is more skilled in in some ways um because everything is a skill shot basically there's rarely any click on abilities or anything like that so um even your even your auto attacks aren't you know are projectiles in a sense so it's it has a chance to be very different which is what's important with battle royales right the most important thing is can you make it so that it's a different experience right the reason why fortnite was so important is because it was a love child of freaking minecraft and pubg <laughs> in one right and battle royale now has the opportunity to be a love child between fortnite and its own game slash league of legends which could appeal to a wide variety of people if they do a really good job and make this a good game. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens because I am still surprised that BattleRight hasn't had a better pro scene yet. Um, I actually remember the reason why I got into it in the first place was because I think I was watching a Dire stream or something, and he was playing it on the side while queuing for League of Legends. Yeah. So it's got all that potential. So we'll just have to see what happens, but I'm hopeful for it to say the least
1: yeah the one one other thing i want to say about it that i really really like is if you thought about if league of legends just became a battle royale right you have some champions that just hard counter another champion and then it just sucks the thing about battle right uh royale is the kit like there's the kits actually counter each other like there's certain abilities in a kit that counter each other so, even though you find yourself in like an advantageous, disadvantageous situation, as long as you use your spells correctly, you can counter certain like big spells of them. Like, everyone has a mobility spell, if not two. Everyone has like a countering spell. So, that's really, that makes it really interesting to me as they balance things and people understand how to use the champions better and better is that no matter who you run into, you might be like, oh, Uh, Even though I'm a melee person and I should be at a disadvantage against a ranged person I have these spells to close the gap like if I get a counter if I Successfully proc my counter. I automatically blink into melee range of a ranged champion like Hmm. that's There's abilities within the kit that help you with these Disadvantage or advantageous situations, which I think is really really brilliant as long as it's balanced, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. (laughs)
1: Yeah, and like
0: yeah, I think both of you bring really good points. I'm glad you've got some time into it and watched it. I've watched maybe an hour. I think I'll watch some of the one G play for about an hour. Because yeah, I guess I, I've just been so busy with other things too, and I it's play to pay to play right now, so I'm like I mm-hmm. I just I just can't justify the thirty dollars right now or anything kind of like that. But I'd be curious to see where it goes. And it's not something I wouldn't be against trying down the road, but yeah, because I love Fortnite I play way too much Fortnite still. <laughs> um, i enjoyed my time in battle right i'm really getting back in the league right now um i mean overwatch will always have my heart but i, I i'm just really enjoying that i do think it has potential and i'd love to see it get big i'd love to see another game kind of come up and be up there in the top charts because i don't think i don't think one game cannibalizes another or anything kind of like that i just think the more games like this that we see up and do well it's just more fun because it's just more diversity because someone that hates league fortnite pubg and all that kind of stuff could. Find BattleRight, get involved with esports, and kind of go on from there. I just love being as many options as possible because I want there to be something for everyone, especially in esports, because that's how you kind of grow the scene. I if someone connects with one game, they hopefully get into everything else. So that's that's why I love the idea of this, and I, I and I hope it does well. I mean, who knows nowadays? So many battle royales pop up, but. <laughs>
1: they make them all better right if overwatch league didn't have an awesome production then riot would still be not having viewership rewards or at least starting it right so that's why this is good this is always good for at least the consumers yeah
2: (laughs) completely agree so
0: kind of going on the last little topic we we got a couple minutes here but i just kind of want to talk to you robert you can pop in with any questions you may have sam but just kind of i want to know a little bit about the game house i this isn't like we're sponsored by you guys and all that kind of stuff like this isn't just like a marketing ploy like You run a business, um, so for you guys that don't know, The Game House is a news website that covers in-depth for sports and eSports. And what is the difference between the two sides? I mean, you are literally have your feet in both sides. I mean, do you see the eSports side and, like, even hiring and working with people and getting stories being much different on, like, eSports versus sports? Do you think it's really the same? Like, just what's kind of the comparison between the two for you and, like, seeing both of them and getting hands-on with both?
2: Well, I think the most important thing to start with is that they're both fueled by the passion for competition. Yeah, right. And that's where we really try to show, you know, and our goal is to bring them and cover them equally. That's always been the thing that I've preached since I started it. As I was like, esports has has just consistently until the last maybe year to yeah maybe two years struggled to be taken seriously and there was always this stigma against gamers right like oh you know gamers are nerds that live in their basement and all this <laughs> crap right and so you know one of the things we set out to do was to really kind of show that you know there the worlds aren't that different they're just different you know categories of competition and so you know it's important to start there but there are major major differences in a lot of different parts of it because of the fact that Um, and it's not necessarily the coverage part of it. Um, it's more about the people in it right now. And there's just, it starts with, there just aren't that many, right? There just really aren't that many people compared to what you see in sports where it's like, you know, there's a million people who are going out and getting their sports, you know, journalism degrees. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we've really wanted to do is try to create better journalists and so we've taken what we know of sports journalism and what we know of esports, and have really worked to help mold people into, you know, the first sorts of esports journalists. And it's because there is no place for them to go right now where they can learn these things, right? I mean, it's just it's, it's trial by fire. And wouldn't you rather be doing trial by fire with a group of people who have been, you know, in the fire for at least a little longer and somehow are still alive? You know, I mean, that's 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 kind of what. It comes down to because it is um, a it's a tough world and it's an interesting one because you've got people out there who are able to make fake claims and go to glory because of yeah. it, you know, and that is a huge problem and something that we are, you like you cannot publish a story with us, especially on the esports side, if you don't have at least two sources, and the only way you can have be one source if it's from the mouth of that person right off the bat. Whereas with sports, we prefer to, but if you can get one good one, most of the time, you know, you're going to be safe in that regard. You don't see that as much in sports because if that happens, that source is never used again. Whereas in eSports, there are people out there who I will not name who have used the same source that has clearly given them wrong information. And so I guess that's the being like, in it, it shows very much so in the training and the respect and the understanding for journalism. There's just a huge difference. Um, and then I guess the other part is, is that, you know, you're dealing with a lot of people. One of the other things I have found very interesting, um, is that you're dealing with a lot more people with mental illnesses, um, than on the esports side than you are on the sports side. Hmm. And I think it just comes from just the, you know, um, the gamer group right now, it is a, it's, it's still a society that's not mainstream. It is still a group of people who um, were sometimes the outcasts in their high school scenes or in their colleges. Right. And that's the thing that I've loved to work with is I love to work with those people and help them and help them give their, you know, get their confidence. Um, Whereas with sports journalists, I don't really have to do that very much. Most of them come in pretty confident of themselves. (laughs) Um, You know, they seem to, you know, they kind of know what they're doing because they've done it. And so, um, you know, I just, the, 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 I guess that's the biggest difference so far. I mean, there's still plenty of other ones. I could probably go on for days, quite literally days. But those are some of the biggest ones that
1: I've noticed.
0: Yeah, Sam. I mean, I got a, I got a question or two, Sam. But is there anything you want to ask, kind of on your side?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious since, since there's so much, uh, a lot of the stuff that Game House does is with esports journalism. I'm, I'm curious that what the challenges are for you and how how you guys are dealing with it because or that that specific niche because we've seen so many good websites go down, right? Because it's it's hard. Like banner ads used to be the big thing for anything written. And now those are like the everyone hates them, right? And um I'm curious at what you guys are doing and how Yeah, just your thoughts about this whole yeah. how to do esports journalism and keep it alive.
0: Because well, I, even a side point is like I remember seeing last week. Dot Esports laid off almost half of their staff. I'm pretty sure, which was yeah. ridiculous. I'm like, Dot Esports is like the web, one of the, the websites I go to for esports yep. news, and to hear that they're not able to keep it going and that they had to lay off staff, that was crazy to me. So I love that question. It was actually I had something in the same vein. So I, I love that you asked that.
2: So I can't. Misses. I can't obviously give away too much because we do mm. have some things that uh, are in the works. I will say that. There are a lot of companies out there that have f- fallen for a numerous amount of reasons, right? Whether it's uh, they're not making enough from ads, whether it's they're paying people too much, right? As said, bad as that sounds, and it's themselves, it's not that they're paying other people too much, they'll pay the founders, you know? And people will invest money into these companies and, uh, you know, they'll just kind of waste it, you know, they kind of bleed it, they don't try to change things. And so every company, whether it's, you know, Slingshot, PVP Live, um, Yahoo Esports, right, they all had something that we have personally taken account of and made sure to learn from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the biggest things that we've been doing, like we said, is we're trying to give a platform for people to learn. And so that means we're not either able to pay them or not pay them very much. It just depends on how much money we have at the time. And so what we've done is we tell them, hey, listen, Come here, learn as much as you can. And then, if somebody's willing to hire you, like I will go on the phone right now and go give them a call and be like, go hire this person. You know, we've had a lot of people what we call graduate from what we do. And it's because, you know, we try to bring them in. And if they're willing to just take the time, learn, you know, we don't overwork them. Yeah, we have a staff of like 50 people, but most of them don't do more than two pieces a week. So we're not trying to overload them, we're not trying to push them to do too much. And then on the other side, we also offer credits. So a lot of schools, a lot of people from, well, universities will come to us and be like, hey, like, can you work with my university? I need to get three credit hours, and I need to fulfill a certain amount of hours in a semester. And so um, we've done that with, I don't know, upwards of 40 different people probably um, throughout their time here. So, you know, we try to offer the best experience possible Um, and you know, as you can see, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm still like living, you know, at home even right now. I just got done with my master's degrees. I'm still living at home. Like we learned from the mistakes of the people who are like, I'm going to take all this investment money and I'm going to pay myself because I've worked really hard. Like, no, that's not how this works. You have to take the first amount and put it back all into the site. You know, you have to put it back into your group, into your people, you know, and then move your way forward. And you just have to take sacrifices every day. And it's, um, you know, it's really tough. It is, but You've also got to understand that this is an industry that's that's just about to hit a billion, right? When this thing hits that mainstream artery, which it will, I mean, that Samsung, you know, at um, Galaxy, you know, the biggest thing Fortnite ever did was give us esports to a l- whole new demographic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the more people that come to Twitch, the more they're going to start checking out everything else. And so, you know, there's still such a limited number of eyeballs to go around that. Um, you know i think the biggest problem that the other companies have is they don't have a pulse on the community and they don't try to understand them once they get big enough they think they don't have to pay attention to them and they don't you know and they're just going to do what they want to um and there have been multiple companies let's not even talk about the score who have wasted multiple millions of dollars and are just struggling so hard um so it's just it is tough but if you learn from those experiences you help out people instead of trying to take advantage of them which a lot of other companies have done you're going to see better results and you're going to see things that increase over time
0: i guess yeah we're, we're just about to hit the mark so i just want to ask one last question is just kind of what do you think is going to be the biggest thing that kind of changes for anyone not even just journalism but it's kind of for Esports startups or companies that are going to have to change in the next like three to five years to really stay relevant because like you said we're about to hit that mainstream mark which means so many companies are just going to kind of come flooding in and what do you think is going to be the uh, the difference maker between that company that raises a billion dollars in funding and wastes it all between a smaller company that does five hundred million um, in funding and kind of makes it like what's going to be the difference maker these next couple of years for anyone looking to do startup organization, team, anything kind of like that.
2: So I think it all comes down to the grassroots, right? Like really hitting hitting home the demographic that you're trying to hit. Um, I love to use the example of the Pittsburgh Knights where, again, you know, Rob Lee has done something incredible where he has gotten his team to be named the team of Pittsburgh because he spent so much time in the community. You know, I, I was visiting his office and he said, you know, we have – 40 chairs and 40 different, you know, systems set up here for kids to just come and play with their friends. Hmm. Right? And so when he marketed that to investors, they're like, "Oh my god, okay, like yeah, you're of course you're getting big support." And so I think, you know, you can throw money as much as you want at people. And you're going to have these you're going to have people at the higher level who don't know what they're doing with it, right? And they don't understand the community that they're getting involved with and you know we tell people a lot of the time that the biggest problem right now in esports is the people at the top it's the people at the top that are making bad decisions with people's money and they're scaring away other people so I think the biggest difference is going to be management and leadership if they're good. And I'm not saying that we're good. We have not made it yet. We're not anywhere close. We still have a long trek to keep going, right? You know, we still have plenty of investors that we've got to talk to. We still have, you know, bigger numbers that we have to go to. But from my opinion, what I've seen is the organizations and the people that last are the ones that have good management and the ones that have good leadership. Um, Reginald of TSM is the key example of this. That guy knew almost exactly what he was doing from the very beginning. He was the only one in franchising that didn't have a backer. It's because he has ran his company the way he needed to, and he has understood the sacrifices that he's needed to make to get to where he's going to be. So if these smaller companies can do that, I think they're going to be bigger companies every single day because the gaming community is all about loyalty. And if you can get people loyal and they enjoy what you're putting out, they're going to watch you over any big conglomerate any day. Awesome.
0: Well, yeah, so we, we are at a time. I would love to keep asking you questions. I love <laughs> this last little segment because yeah, I mean, I'm a business guy. I mean, you always hear me on the podcast talking about business, marketing numbers, all that kind of stuff. So I love hearing about this. I love thinking about the future and all that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, we're already a little past our mark and we have got to do all the little close up and all that kind of stuff. But I want to thank both of you so much for coming on today. I, I loved having both of you on. Um, I guess, Robert, thank you very much for allowing us to do everything we do. And Sam, I love having you on the show as much as possible. I I really hope that you keep doing, get, doing your thing out in LA. I mean, that's super cool. And it's something that, I don't know, I'd love to fall suit and move out there. Um, but <laughs> we talk about a little pre-show. Who knows when that'll kind of happen. But no, I love having both of you on the show. And I, I'm sure I'll have both you both Um, back on at some point because sam you're my go-to guy when i need someone robert you're stuck with me whether you like it or not so um, i'm here man i'm here (laughs) but yeah again thank you all very much for tuning into this week's episode on twitch or if you're listening on podcasting platforms or on youtube later thank you very much for listening all that kind of stuff if you leave a like if you leave a comment anything let us know how we're doing let us know what you like if you want to see these guys back on everything we do are for you guys so the more feedback you give to us the more we'll try to do for you and give you exactly what you want. Um, you can find us on Twitter at the Esports Pod, T H E E S P O R T S P O D. That's where you get all of our information, all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, we stream on Twitch at twitch.tv/theGameHouse every Monday night at 6:30 p.m. Eastern time, with everything going live the following Tuesday morning. Um, one last thing before we do end the show: we do have a special interview that will be going live on podcasting platforms and youtube this thursday is with justin um from uh it's just world gaming um he's an esports attorney he works with the nba 2k we had um james and dylan had a really cool interview with them so i'm really excited for you guys to see that so do keep an eye out that'll be on the game house uh youtube and then our podcasting platforms on thursday but otherwise i'm rob (laughs) I'm Sam. And I'm Andrew, and we got the ending down for one. Thank you very much for listening to the Project Esports Podcast. See you guys next week.